episode number 210, Stephen Mike. Welcome to the Heads Up Poker Podcast. To the <laughs> it, Steve, just keep going with it. It, 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 just, enri- it enriches the program. Just, yeah, just power through it, right? Mike and I are uh, sitting here at the uh, Rio right now, All Sweet Casino. Uh, we are waiting for our bounty tournament, the $1,500, to uh, start here in about 40 minutes. So we're going to throw out a quick episode. Lots happened since uh, the last episode. Mike and uh, Mike was down in Oceanside. I was up here. We're now... Sitting side by side, elbows touching, Jesus. talking into my phone. <laughs> you know, Steve, I thought it would be like more difficult to insult you, like face to face, but I, I feel like I'm just really ready to tear loose. Today. <laughs> Three days from now, uh, Mike and I will be sitting at the final table in an epic heads up battle where we're both wearing our heads up poker podcast hats. And uh, after an epic battle of about two and a half minutes, I will take down the crown, hold the bracelet above Mike's head like a like a piece of uh, what's that mistletoe during Christmas <laughs> Steve if you hold a bracelet above my head you're going to lose a finger and the bracelet uh, you're such an optimist Steve yes yes well, well you have a right else. to be right now you had another decent score like yesterday right I did yeah I got so a about that. second out of 85 uh, the little Caesars tournament took down 1800 bucks um, so that was a nice little uh, free roll going into today um, no deals. No deals were made, I guess. I, no. W- one guy, ironically, the guy that took first wanted to make a deal, so I could have got a little more money, but um, it, it, I, I couldn't you just wanted it. You, you play for trophies. Yeah, I just wanted to win. Um, he picked up jacks twice, like back-to-back, and that was GG. So I had ace-10 on one of them, and the other one I think I had uh, king-queen or something. Um, I don't remember, but... Yeah, it wasn't meant to be. I used to think poker tournaments were like 90% luck, but because of your performance this summer, Steve, I'm putting pushing that up to 99.5%. <laughs> I'm sorry, I need, to, I need to adjust the math here. I'm taking an equity calculator. You also did a good run in the uh, the double stack, right? Yeah, well, we both did. Uh, yeah. We both cashed. That was uh, that was good. That was the tournament when we were talking about last time you were, you were coming out for that night. Deep run is day three, Steve. That's the, that means you're down to business. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It. Uh, we both made day two. We both cash. You got a. You got a min cash rate. What like fourteen, fifteen hundred bucks? Eighteen hundred, like a little more than min, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I got one bullet in, and I cashed for three k. So that was cool, and and that's kind of neat, especially for the package because, um, basically triple our money in the first tournament. Didn't have to play the second bullet or the eight hundred dollar buy in. So now where we're at as far as the package is if I get two bounties, if we get two bounties in this tournament, then we're break even. Everything else is uh, is profit. So we got this bounty, this 1500 and then another 1500 over the weekend. So I'm excited. I'm excited. Two bounties, and, and we're even. And then after that, uh, we'll see what we can do. Good luck. <laughs> It's so funny, Steve. I've never seen you so happy right now, and I'm pretty close to the bottom, so it's funny how we're just, you know, after last night I had a bad cash session, went and lost money shooting craps, and da um, Yeah, I'll never bring cash to this. The good thing about the credit card, as much as I should be playing cash to make money, if I'm off, if, if I ever come here again, it's perfect where I can just 
have no cash on me. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. No cash to gamble, no cash. All I have is my credit card. Okay. You know what I mean? And I can sign up for the tournaments using the credit card. Yeah. And yeah. move around. And then if I get knocked out of tournaments early, then what can I tell you? I got to go home and play online or, uh, you know, get off get off the strip, though. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, um, trying to think. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, hopefully do well tonight. And uh, that's all you can hope for. Hopefully get a good table. Yeah. Yeah. How would you like the... Uh, you know the funny thing I was I was thinking about this because I was talking this guy I'm staying with we were talking about a bunch of other like high stakes pros who were playing like online event online heads up here yeah at wsb.com I guess there's been good advantages he says these guys are giddy he's like the guy a couple of these guys are playing against are probably pros not as good as them but yeah. he's like they greatly over exaggerate edges okay and I think that my, every time I talk to you about a table you're like oh my god you won't believe I got the greatest table ever. <laughs> I mean, Steve, you can't keep having the greatest table ever. You totally overestimate edges. You're focused on the two idiots at the table. Yeah, that's and the, true. the people who aren't doing much are probably pretty confident. And there's always going to be one or two, you know. But this is just maybe I've just said um, these sort of tables here. But yesterday, I think I tweeted. I'm like, yesterday, I'm like, I think that every single one here is a purple pro. So obviously, I'm here. So there, there's so I, I feel there's some money in it. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, it is funny. Like, how many times have you said, this is the best steak I've ever eaten? <laughs> like, every and, steak? Like every next bite you have. I mean, <laughs> it just doesn't work that way, Steve. you got to establish, establish some criteria here. <laughs> well, I had a pretty damn good table the first day of uh, the double stack. Um, there was a couple of pros, and everyone else was an amateur. The... Um, the two pros, it was interesting. The, the two pros that were there just played lights out for about uh, 10 hours. And then they both just lost their mind on like hour 11. You know, you got to go 12 or 13 hours in, in each day of these things. And uh, yeah, one guy just lost his shit. He had 40 big blinds. He was on the button. There was a raise under the gun, five callers. And then he shoves on the button with 40 bigs. Someone, I mean, you know, in that spot, some there's some amateurs going to snap you off with sevens or ace jack, and uh, that's exactly what happened. And he had six high, he had five six of spades, gone, just like that. Like it was, uh, it was strange because he played so well for so long, and then just lost their mind on one hand, and that was it. GG. Right. At um, yeah, then day two there was a bracelet winner and another pro at my table. Uh, she busted pretty early probably within an hour or so so that was nice because she was on um um on my left and then bracelet winner he was there for another he just he made a min cash um but he was making it kind of a little bit difficult like um whenever i three bet him he would uh four bet and flat me a lot so that was kind of frustrating um but i only had a few pots with him uh and then Everyone else was just recreational. There was one hand where I got extremely lucky. I had I was down to eleven big blinds. I shoved from the cutoff with uh, ten eight or uh, ten nine suited, and the button snaps. And I'm like, oh, that's never good. And he flips over aces. And I'm like, okay, well, you just got, you got the aces busting hand. Sure. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I just got to remember to hit two pair, which I did. I got a ten on the flop and then a nine on the turn, so that doubled me up. And then right after that, I picked up aces against. Um, there was a under the gun open. I three bet. Uh, I had about 250k. I three bet to like 50k, and then the big stack. He was sitting there, him and Han, and I'm like, oh please God, let him have queens right now. 
and he shoves all in under the gun folds i snap uh, and he's got ace king so that was perfect timing and that basically propelled me into day three any uh any uh hand what's the hand you most regret or anything that qualifies into there where a spot you're like uh yeah yeah i wanted to ask you about this one actually uh it was on day two towards the end uh we're almost for hand for hand so we're about probably 15 minutes from ending day two you know so we've all played for 13 hours or whatever it was 10 levels something like that and um I'm in the big blind, and um, middle position opens, and then the button shoves all in for about uh, 15 big blinds. We have 14 big blinds, and we're in the big blind. The original opener had about 30 bigs, so 30 bigs opens to 2.5x. Button shoves. Okay, let's stop right there. Okay. Let me get a couple details here, and I'll see if I have... What my range would be, okay. take a guess at it. All right. So, middle position opener. Are they are they deep? Have they been opening a lot? Uh, no, he's a recreational player. Um, seems to be only opening uh, value hands that I've seen. I've never seen him get. I've never seen him open something and been like, "Wow, I wouldn't have done that." You know, I mean, it's things like you know he'll open and he'll have king ten or he'll have, he'll have something. He's not doing that with just total crap. And answer the button shoved for fifteen bigs. Button shoved for fifteen bigs. Yeah, and we uh, have fourteen bigs. Um, hmm, my calling range. I'm gonna just. My first answer is uh, nines plus. Okay. Ace queen suited. Okay. Plus, I guess you could say different factors would be if people are. If you think people are overfolding, like people will, will raise fold to fourteen bigs. You made a couple like yeah. table decisions will tweak your range one or the other. What so? What do you what do you think the button's shoving range is? Normally there, it's pretty. Ace ten suited plus some suited broadways maybe. That's what I was Most thinking. Pairs, yeah. Fours plus. I don't know. That's what I was thinking with the uh, pairs. It um, when it came to me, I looked down and I had a decision. I had eight, okay. so it feels pretty good for you to say that the range there is nines plus <laughs> because I I took about a minute and a half. I never really take long on decisions. I was going to say nines plus would be the tightest possible range. Though, yeah. If I was, yeah. You know. I was going to adjust it and say sevens plus with ace jack suited, maybe. I, don't, I mean, I don't know. But, okay. Um, yeah, it is. If the guy's not opening super wide, then, um, yeah, the guy should not have any, like, crazy king six suited shit in his. If you're totally just taking crap out of his range. Yeah. Even then, yeah, eights might be a call. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I think it's borderline. Okay. Yeah, it. I looked down at eights and I thought, God, why couldn't these have just been sixes and I have no decision or have been tens and I have no decision. It's easy, you know, but it was right there. It was eights. And uh, the longer I took, the more uncomfortable the button looked. It looked to me, I, I, I couldn't get a read on the, on the original opener, whether he was just playing it totally cool with kings and he was just going to snap me off or what. Uh, I didn't really have much of a read on the original opener. But the uh, the button shover, the longer I took, the more uncomfortable he looked. But then I got to thinking, too, like, king-queen there is very uncomfortable. He doesn't want to call from that. He'd rather just win it right now, so that would go into that. Um, maybe as long as I took nines or tens would make him uncomfortable. Um, you know? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, that, that one's been bugging me. he pissed himself hours ago, and he finally <laughs> finally thinking of doing something about it. That's possible. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I don't know. We'll never know. 
We'll never know. That's the toughest part. Is when you fold that stuff, you just never find out. And it's like, well, you are short stack too. Yeah. So it is time to like. That's a good spot to uh, dead money in the pot too. Of course. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Like you said, the original razor. It, now the question is, when you shove, if the original razor is now shoving, you know, folding jacks and ace yeah. queen. Yeah. So not only do you get the dead money in, but you could. You're getting him to overfold, um, then maybe you know eights is definite shove. I, I mean, I don't know, Steve. It's a t- it's a t- tight spot, I think. Yeah. Maybe some people. Again, we could kind of figure this out mathematically if you want to put all their ranges into a calculator and do everything. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a tough one. Um, trying to think of any other hands. Well, what what, what was the result of the hand? I'm curious. Uh, the original opener folded. Oh, okay. I never saw. Okay. So, yeah, that was it. I would have loved to see the buttons range or to see the buttons hand. But, uh, um, oh, man, I could have had him crushed if he had like sixes or something, you know. But. Yeah, if the, uh, yeah, if the, the, the original razor there, you said the buttons is competent though. He yeah, knows, he was. So he's going to yeah. be like, trying to range that guy and wondering how wide he can shove. So if yeah. that guy's not opening super wide, I don't think he's shoving ace rag there. Yeah. A lot of, uh, Probably pocket eight still does goes up well, does pretty well against his range, even if he's like really you know no no bluffs. But yeah. Uh, anyways, yeah. Uh, yeah. How about you? Any interesting? Uh, uh, I can't think of anything, Steve. I'm sorry. I posted a couple online. I had an interesting one on the PLO yesterday, which a few people chimed in on. Some very good PLO players that had an opinion on. <laughs> Basically, you have to. Uh, yeah, I had. Uh, Somebody limps middle position, small blind calls. I call it 9876. 9876, okay. The big blind. Flop is king 86. Okay. Check, check, check. Hold, so hold. You, got, you got bottom two. Yeah. Both of us checked to the, uh, the original limper who did not bet. The turn is an eight. Nice. Um, so we got a boat. Yes. Okay. The small blind leads. I'm going to say this was like limp to like, I don't know, 300. Let's just say. And the small blind bets say seven hundred. Okay. And I raise, maybe he bet a thousand. I don't know. I raised the, the, the no, he bet like seven hundred. I bet three thousand. I raised to three thousand. Okay. Limper folds. And this guy calls. All right. And the there was two diamonds on the board, and the river is the ace of diamonds. So the final board is ace king eight eight six, and he checks to me, and the pot is eighty eight hundred dollars at this point, I believe. King six eight eight eight. Okay, Ray, so the ace, the ace came on the river. Um, Flush gets gets there. Yeah. Okay, and your he, first he, act? No, I'm second act. He checks to me. I don't see why a value bet wouldn't be in order, right? Well, what are you trying to get paid by? You should always think about that. Okay. Um, this is oh, a, this that's is a good pro, point. This is a pro. Okay, so is he calling with a flush draw when I raise on the turn? Probably not with a paired board out there. The average pro is not. Yes. Unless he has, say, pocket queens and a flush draw where he can hopefully hit a bigger boat on the river somehow. Okay. You know. Okay. But probably still no. So is he going to ever call with a naked eight? Ten eight. Maybe. That would be a bad call with the flush draw out there now too. Can't be oh, good point. Yeah, yeah. And there's okay. a bunch of boats. 
Some people are saying even pocket sixes, he would fold to a raise. So basically, it's an easy check back for what okay. I was saying, because you just can't really get caught by worse. Um, and now if I, if I just call his bet on the turn and he checks to me, then I can bet. Then you can bet. Because then it looks like he's, you know, could just have a flush or just a naked eight or, you know, aces. Yeah. You never know. Well, he doesn't have like aces. But basically, um, I thought he might, I don't know what I was thinking. I was thinking, first of all, because he did not raise. He never has aces and almost never has kings. Yeah. So pretty much the only boats we're going to lose to are ace eight ace and eight. king eight. And king eight, yeah. Or ace eight. Did yeah, you say ace, ace, eight? Eight, oh, king ace eight, king eight. That's uh, it. Yeah, I guess that's it. So I don't know. It seems really ridiculous where you almost have the third nuts if you take an aces and kings out of his range. Yeah, to check. But I bet five thousand. He quickly called. He had king eight. Huh. Okay. I guess that is a check back. <laughs> well, it's a little surprised he doesn't raise the turn. I mean, all I beat, all he beats him is kings. Yeah. And I didn't. I guess sometimes I have kings, and he's just why well, if he re-raises me, um, he's probably getting folds from just about every other hand, other than maybe eight six. Yeah. Any naked eight, I would have to fold there. Yeah. Raise turn. Yeah. So that's uh, you know I actually think my PLO game is pretty decent, but that was a spot where it, it felt bad at the time betting. Yeah. So I wish I took more time. I, this is a common thing. But there's a hand I misplay. If I said, if I didn't take enough time, then it's really inexcusable. Yeah. And I was feeling bad. I'm like, can I really just not bet a full house? Yeah. Yeah. Like a half, like I'm feeling bad. Like I was supposed to check. Yeah. And I'm like, only a fish fucking checks a full house here. Yeah. <laughs> so if I took my time and thought about it, thought about the range, and, and I bet my, my bet sizing is terrible, 5,000. If I'm getting hope to get called by a flush, I have to bet real small and just hope to annoy the fuck out of the guy where he, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a tough spot. I, I think I would have bet there just like you did. But now that we run through it, I understand what you're saying. But, uh, yeah, you really want to just have the nuts in the PLO. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, Everyone's got so many cards. It's so much more likely that they've got something. Right, and like the fact that he's a pro too is a, is a or, yeah played a lot of PLO for sure. Yeah, very, very good play PLO player. Yeah. So that makes it even. More of a check back. Yeah. Okay. The, the poor, the weak player. Yeah. It was you I bet big because. <laughs> but I got a flush. What am I supposed to do? I have a straight. Aces are always good. <laughs> right on. Well, it looks like the uh, room is starting to uh, fill up a little bit. Maybe we should uh, start making our way to our table. But um, okay, Stevie. Good luck. All right, you do the same, Mikey. And uh, thank you for tuning in. You can check out your Elliot Rowe 7-Minute Tilt Buster. It's free. Click on the link in the show notes. And if you get one of his programs, use the code HUPOKER. Score yourself a discount. Also watch Alexander Fitzgerald's Master Tournament Poker in One Class. It's a free one-hour video. You can get that by clicking on the link in the show notes. And if you get his program as well, use the code HUPOKER you will score yourself 75% off. Thank you for tuning in. And here is your weekly motivational speech. Good to treat other people the way you would like to be treated yourself. It's like a golden rule, and there's a reason for it. And that reason is that we're connected in some strange way that we don't totally understand. And unless you are good to other people around you, unless you're kind and friendly and warm and loving, you're not going to enjoy this life. You're just not. 
You're going to be problems everywhere you go. You're going to have problems everywhere you go. You got to figure out a way to enjoy this life. It's not because of Jesus. It's not because of Moses. It's not because of anybody that may or may not have ever existed. It's because that's how you fit in better in the world. That's how you stay positive. And it doesn't have to be some that was written 5,000 years ago on in animal skins that doesn't have to be the golden rule because it's old you know that's dumb we need to figure out like now today what what is you know the best way to live your life what is the you know there, there's got to be ways you can be putting forward the most positive energy I mean we know objectively what's causing pollution we know objectively what's causing birth defects and you know and we're taking in too much chemicals and not enough vitamins we know objectively all this stuff we know how to organize our world and yet we don't do it we know how to organize our health and yet very few people do it we know all these things the right path to like being like a happy healthy person is to do all the that we already know you're supposed to do take care of your body take care of your health take care of your mind your stress meditate be kind to people we all know that I mean, you ask anybody they know how to get by and to be the the the, the most evolved version of you that you can be I mean